Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, the podcast of ultimate friendship. I am the board game bureau and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG. Uh, I'm excited to be here on this podcast of ultimate friendship. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the fun house, Drew Munhausen, and we spared no expense bringing you this podcast of ultimate friendship. Would you say? It's true. Yeah, we did spare no expense. Each and every one of us went and saw a movie on opening weekend. Uh, so literally, we spared no expense. We, we all, we've all paid a price this weekend. Um, let's jump into that statement because we all saw jurassic world dominion um the sixth the sixth movie in the jurassic park franchise but before we dive into that let's talk let's talk jurassic park a little bit let's talk dinosaurs i thought Uh, we were supposed to watch top gun i mean i've seen it so i've still got it fresh i would have gone to see it again i didn't watch jurassic world I see, I know. You, you can't pull one of these jokes on me again. Well, I know and for if, a fact that you saw it. But if we're doing this, then I also sort of watched Top Gun. Uh, because I watched that that fat British comic that isn't Ricky Gervais, the one who has the terrible night show. James name, Corden? James Corden. I was going to guess James Corden. There was a, there's a special. There's like a 25-minute special where James Corden hangs out with Tom Cruise. And they go flying in a couple different planes. Uh, and they, they sing and dance together. Uh, so that's kind of like watching the new Top Gun, I'd say. I need to go watch... I'm I'm not the biggest James Corden fan in general, but that sounds like a clip that I would enjoy for the Tom Cruise of it all. Yeah, no, it's actually... Uh, I don't care for either one of them, and I watch the whole thing. Um. Well, you have already... You guys, we've like... We're, what, two minutes, three minutes into this, and you all have already managed to derail derail us so i uh, appreciate that not a problem <laughs> let's uh let's talk jurassic park are let, let's you know the, the the og jurassic park is pretty uh it's a bona fide classic we'll just put it that way you know very high highly regarded well liked um and the sequels are all very very varying levels of I'd say they're all successful financially, but but as far as the way that they're relevant or that people like them, I'd say very varying degrees. Where are y'all at on Jurassic Park as a as a franchise in general? I, I don't care about Jurassic Park as a franchise. Uh, I know like Dr. Grant's name, uh, and that might be it. Like he might be the only character whose name I know. Um, you know, there's Jeff Goldblum and there's Chris Pratt, uh, but I don't know their character names. I don't, you know, they're not super memorable to me. And the story doesn't Malcolm. And the story doesn't particularly matter in Jurassic Park either. Like you don't have to have seen the first ones for the next ones to make sense. So I, I would say, like as a franchise, it doesn't really strike me in, I, in the I franchise. You against that statement, but that's okay. In the World Series, well, no, I would definitely argue against that statement. Well, I mean, here, I'll actually, to give Gary a little bit of credibility to what he's saying, you know, the first Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic Park, came out when I was 
four years old. So I was a little young. I did not go see it in theaters or anything like that. I think I did catch it on TV or something within the couple years following, but it was not, I, I had two older sisters. So it's not like I had older brothers that were watching Jurassic Park all the time. Like it just wasn't in the rotation. Um, but I did love dinosaurs at, in an early age. And so when the lost world came out, the sequel, um, I did see that one in theaters and had the VHS of it and watched it repeatedly. And it's not, if you go back and revisit it, it's nowhere nearly as good as the original, but that was the one that I attached to as a kid. I watched the lost world all the time with very little, um, exposure to Jurassic Park before that. I've seen Jurassic Park now probably 20 times, but oh, just yeah. at that age, you know? So, I mean, I liked Jurassic World plenty with without having seen Jurassic Park a whole lot. Yeah, no, definitely. So Jurassic World is self-contained. Uh, and Jurassic Park, you don't have to see Jurassic Park to understand Jurassic World. That's true. I thought you were saying that you don't have to see <clears throat> any of the previous movies to understand, like, the next one. Uh, which I do. Oh, I do think that you could go now and watch Jurassic World Dominion and there's nothing that you gain from having watched the previous movies. See, I mean, if you haven't seen a single previous Jurassic movie at all, like, why are there dinosaurs? Why are they all over Earth? Why are they, it covers you know, that like, immediately in the beginning of the movie. It does like, like a three-minute wrap-up. Like, here's what happened, boom, boom, boom. Also, this girl's a clone. Like, uh, like it does. It, 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 uh, it, gets, it gets you where you need to go. And I think that that's kind of the... That's what I mean by it doesn't really hit me in my franchise, uh, my, my franchise tickles, because I don't need to go back and watch them before, and I don't have this urge to go back and watch the franchise again. I'm not devoted to the characters at all uh, to the same level as the Marvel franchises, for sure. Uh, you know, I don't think Jurassic Park has that... Uh, when I think of a franchise, so, I, you know, Marvel. If Marvel's a franchise. Star Wars is a big franchise. So Jurassic Park um, is an interesting franchise. It has movies that are, you know, up and down on the spectrum. Uh, the first two, fantastic. They're great. They're based on books. Uh, I don't think the rest of them are. Uh, I read both the books... I watched all the movies, obviously. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, and yeah, the books are better. <laughs> you know, I know everyone says it, but they are. Uh, for I've sure. I've never heard anyone say that before. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. You know, to your point, Jahan, it's. It, there's Jurassic Park, then The Lost World, and then Jurassic Park Three. And I think Jurassic Park Three. I think there's a lot of people that actually look back on it pretty fondly, but at the time, I think it was kind of, you know, I. Definitely. It is an enjoyable movie, but it is it gets pretty silly, and that becomes a trend in the in the franchise for sure. It is silly. It's like a it's a quick ninety minutes. Like it's it's pretty short and easy to get through, and it's cheesy, but it is kind of fun to go revisit it. it I, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think after that, you know, I think people were kind of like, okay, this is done. And so when they were bringing it back, you know, because there's a long period of time between when Jurassic Park 3 came out and when Jurassic World came out, um, where basically Spielberg kind of gave gave the keys of the franchise to Colin Trevorrow. Um, I know Spielberg didn't direct three, but still. Uh, yeah, I mean, OK, so uh, interesting. I was just curious to kind of see where where you all were at 
Um, let's, you know, you talked a little bit about the history with, with those, but we didn't talk as much about the world trilogy. Um, where, where are y'all at on Jurassic World? Uh, you, you know, are you fans of, of at least the first one? The first one, I feel it, it's got what you, it, they rehatch what you want. You know, it's the park again. Yay. It goes wrong. Of course it does. Can't contain genetic power, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. Uh, it's cool. It, the characters are kind of iffy, uh, but, but it is a, a decent movie for sure. I like the, you know, that they actually have a full on genetically modified, you know, super beast, uh, and it comes out later that it has raptor blood, which is why it's able to, you know, command the raptors, which is kind of silly, but at the same time, it's interesting. Uh, it honestly, I liked it better like the second time. The first time, I was kind of like, they, you know. I also liked a lot of the park aesthetics they did with Jurassic World. Some of like the great room stuff when you go in with the skeletons and the computers and stuff around. Uh, it just felt like a big tourist resort. I thought they did a great job creating Jurassic World instead of Jurassic Park. Uh, I think it had like almost like the Sea World type of uh, aquatic tanks as well. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was really cool in Jurassic World that I liked. It, it brought me into that world. It was. I'm, I'm... I'm with y'all. I think the world building and it was cool. I think from there's, there's a lot of videos you can look into on YouTube that dig into the writing and the characters in that movie and how terrible they all are. And all of those videos are extremely justified. Like I recommend, I recommend uh, seeking those out because they could be kind of enlightening, but as a piece of blockbuster filmmaking, like I think it's pretty fun to watch because you just kind of, you, you, glaze over you just are there for dinosaurs and the theme park and from that you know i think you get what you want out of it if you really dig into the themes and characters there's a lot that can be picked apart but i think it's a fun movie um fallen kingdom the sequel definitely less so i remember not being a huge fan of it when it came out in theaters and i actually rewatched it yesterday before seeing dominion today so uh and i liked it less so than i did even back then i think that it barely even functions as a movie like from a story standpoint it barely makes any sense um it kind of doesn't know what it wants to be between you get the first half of the dinosaurs be you know the volcano and the island and taking the dinosaurs away and all that and then to the kind of haunted house section in the latter half with the dinosaur auction and everything. <laughs> and Gary, you mentioned the clone girl. Like I forgot everything about that. I mm -hmm. forgot that there, when the little girl showed up in my rewatch, I was like, Oh yeah, she's a clone. I, I but I mean, before rewatching it, I totally forgot about that whole storyline. Yeah. That almost seems like a secondary storyline that is just shoehorned into multiple movies like so... you know what i mean like they it's like they never wanted it but they also knew they couldn't get rid of it so like yeah definitely 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 uh the whole they went like full resident evil man like the secret lab underneath the mansion and like the you know the mysterious fires it is like it's like text it's like straight up resident evil one uh it was uh the second jurassic world is so bad that i was legitimately surprised that the two of you wanted to see this on opening weekend. 
like following the second one and another movie starring the same people doing the same old thing. I was surprised you guys said uh, let's do this. dinosaurs, Gary. I like dinosaurs, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about the dinosaurs in this movie. I yeah, went for it... the dinosaurs and I was disappointed. <laughs> I've seen some funny Twitter narratives too because it's it really seems like a lot of people were just like. Yeah, the reviews are bad, but I don't really know. You know, I don't have anything else to do this weekend and dinosaurs. So, yeah, I'll go see it. It's it's on track right now to make around $142 million this weekend, which would make it the highest grossing opening weekend for a non-superhero movie since the pandemic era began. So that's that's where we're at now. So people do show like up. Superhero movies are the bar. That's awesome. I will say that uh, the movie theater that I went to today had a lot of families. And I think that if you had like tallied the head count, there were probably more children in the theater than adults. Um, and, and by children, I'll, I'll say under 13. Yeah, I went to an early showing. I went to an 11.50 a.m. showing, and the theater was already pretty packed, which I do a lot of daytime. I, I, I like to go on the weeknights a lot, but uh, going today, I was like, I'll go to an early showing Saturday before it's it crowded. And no, it, I mean, it was pretty busy already. I ordered my ticket Friday while I was at work for, uh, for this morning at like noon. Uh, there were no seats together anywhere. Like wow. there was, I could not sit next to an empty seat. Uh, and by the time like it happened, there were no empty seats except in like the front front. Uh, it was packed, nuts to butts, like straight up. Wow, it was, wow, it was crazy. So, yeah. So people like their people like their dinosaurs. It's okay, dinosaurs, well. man. It's I don't know, but you know, was it though? <laughs> was it dinosaurs? Well, let's let's. Let's move into it because so before we give any spoilers and before we even dive into plot, anything like that, just tell me in general what your thoughts were of of this movie. Gary, Gary, you start. It was better than I expected. I had because of Jurassic World 2 and because of the I'm exactly like you called the haunted house setting. Uh, everything I had said I loved about the first Jurassic World, you know, the the big settings, the the rolly mobiles, the, the the whole the whole park, they got rid of that in the second one, and they put you in a haunted house and a secret lab, and so I was not excited about the third one, uh, but there's potential to go anywhere to do anything because there's dinosaurs all over the world, uh, so I, I thought it was going to be dog crap, and it was not dog crap. It was better than the second one. It was people uh, crap. It was. Uh, I'll give it a. I'll probably never watch it again, and I'll probably never tell anybody to watch it. And so, <laughs> with with that, I'll give it a five out of ten. Okay, Jahan, how about you? Uh, general thoughts. General thoughts. So, it was better than the second one, for sure, but it was like 10 times sillier it was ridiculous it was this movie was ridiculous uh the plot was a mess <laughs> um but you know and, and they they relied heavily on star power and the, the writing was a mess too the dialogue from dialogue the stars was, it was crap 
like you said, they brought in star power, but everything they said all sounded like fortune cookie, hashed up wisdom, bull crap. But like oh, the kind just, of ugh. yeah, and like just it it just sounded everything they said sounded so stupid and pretentious and like trying too hard. And it was just yeah, no, I I didn't. It wasn't good. It was very stupid. Uh, but it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Maybe. And so it had uh, a lot. It, it had a lot of cool out, moments. You should just have people uh, mute it, and then like listen to Spotify while you watch dinosaurs. You know, maybe that would make it better if you just didn't have That's to hear the about other the plot thing. at all. That's the other thing. What dinosaurs? <laughs> they weren't in the movie nearly enough, in my opinion. Uh, I there there was a, a shocking lack of dinosaurs in the There's, movie. So during a lot of what Gary was saying earlier, I was like over the top nodding my head because I'm agree in agreement with a lot of the writing. So I'm actually it's funny because y'all were saying you like this one better than Fallen Kingdom, the second Jurassic World movie, and I actually rewatched that one, liked it less than I remembered, and then liked this one even less than that. Ooh. One. <laughs> wow. And I think that a lot of that's because of what you both have been saying is that there's the dinosaurs are loose in the world. Mm-hmm. We, that is part of the setting of this movie. You know, we saw that at the end of the last one. So, you know, going into this one that they're free and that is the setting. That is not the plot and nothing really in the plot of this movie has to do with the dinosaurs at all. There are two... Nothing, yeah. Nothing there has two to do with the dinosaurs. plot lines. One has to do with the, the girl that's a human clone, and the other has to do, and I kid you not, and I'm, I'm not going into, like, ultra-specific spoilers or anything, but, but I feel like people need to know this to, like, paint a accurate portrayal of the movie if you're on the fence of seeing this the main plot has to do with genetically modified giant locusts and it's a jurassic world movie like what what kind of bonkers decision making goes into making a new jurassic world movie that the biggest plot which granted you're bringing back the three OG actors from the original movie, right? Because you've got Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum back in this one. And most of their plot has to deal with the locusts and science labs and things. And I'm I'm thinking, all like, of their plot. if I'm Sam Neill and you all hand me this script and you're like, hey, we want you to come back for the ne- for this Jurassic World movie and here's what we have you doing, I'd be like, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, hopefully he got paid a nice paycheck. Um, their relationship was so flat on screen. They have no chemistry whatsoever, and it was so hard watching him and her act like they were in love. It was just horribly wrenching. They were, they were not, they do not have it. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. There were some set pieces in the movie. So, so I do think there were some of the big set pieces in this one that were better than those in Fallen Kingdom. Some some in this one that had to do with dinosaurs and some dinosaur encounters that were fun to watch, but they were truly just like connecting, you know, at little action scenes to connect to the overall plot that I just didn't care about at all. When your, your movie is set in dinosaurs run wild on the planet, 
and then what you do is take us to a secure facility that houses dinosaurs. Then you've taken us right back to Dinosaur Park or Dinosaur World yes. or Dinosaur Prison or whatever else. Exactly. So they didn't do what they could have done. They undid it. And they just had this one small montage in the beginning that was like, here's what it's like if dinosaurs are out in the world. And then they take you to a closed park the entire two and a half hours that follow. Absolutely. Uh, and that was, like, done that. that was like the coolest part of the movie was the beginning where you're seeing the dinosaurs. See, my... My one of my main issues here, right? As you guys are talking, uh, it was like they're like, I don't know how dinosaurs could cause an ecological crisis. We need to make big locusts. <laughs> like what? You have dinosaurs that are destroying the world, and you have to like create this other problem out of nowhere to really up the stakes. You know what I mean? Because now. Now there's yeah. trouble. So the stupid. wacky, hard to comprehend plot of the the main company uh, doing genetic testing on dinosaurs to grow crops that the locusts don't eat, but the locusts eat the other crops. Uh, yeah, and and we'll, all that we'll stuff you find out here you find out in like the first five minutes. So don't worry. It's not <laughs> yeah, they're it's they're right. Just, yeah. It's just so dumb. Uh, and the, and the, like it's and it's not. The greedy billionaire at the end who's doing it all for money. Uh, but then why the fuck would he sell seeds that only don't get eaten by dinosaurs? It's just, it's so full of loopholes. I told my wife, I had to talk to Annie, and I was like, you know, it's dinosaurs. So we have to set some modicum of realism aside. And we all accepted that when we walk into the theater. Yeah. But this movie it was just so shot full of holes and leaking all over the place that it's almost hard for me. Like I said, I, I'm not sure I could recommend it to anybody. It was like they developed this plot in like three separate rooms, came together and stitched it up, man. It was crazy. Uh, it really does. I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, one of the things y'all, y'all were touching on is at the beginning, you kind of see this overview and how dinosaurs are, are have how they've integrated in the world. And while some of those visuals were like, were kind of cheesy, I, that was the stuff that I found the most fun or interesting, like seeing, um, you know, flying pterodactyl like dinosaurs nesting at the top of the world trade center. Like, yeah, give, give me that kind of stuff. Like I, that's the type of stuff that I want to see is how, you know, or, or dinosaurs rampaging in suburban neighborhoods. Like to me, that's the entertaining stuff. And instead you're removed completely from that. And I, and I get it. Jurassic from Jurassic park. So the science has always been a big part of these movies because obviously they found a way to clone dinosaurs and that's where it all comes from. But that has just gotten so out of control by this one, by the, what they're using the science to do now that doesn't even have to do with dinosaurs. And I'm like, okay, you, you've lost me. It this. was one step away from hybridizing, like, dinosaur people. <laughs> like, that's how dumb it got. It was, like, that close to jumping that gap. Like, it was bad. Uh, and but also, yeah. beyond all those problems, right? The sheer, like, I understand, right, Tom Cruise, you know, hanging from a helicopter to stop Henry Cavill from blasting a nuke, you know, crazy, hard to believe, you know what I mean, uh, Jason Bourne taking on, like, 30 people, he doesn't take on 30 people because all of their pants fall around their ankles randomly, 
You know what I mean? The luck in this movie, the sheer happenstance, nonstop. I've never seen a group of people so good at finding each other in massive landscapes before. It's so crazy, man. It's like they like could tell. Oh, it was the weirdest thing, man. It's literally impossible to get shot by a bullet. It's it's not a thing that can be done. Not even if you're in like an eight by eight warehouse full of gangsters and raptors, and everyone's blasting assault rifles. Not not does anyone. <laughs> no one gets even grazed by a bullet. There's, there's a lot of that going on. And, like, when we start getting into the spoilers, I'm going to mention a couple other things. But, like, holy crap. I was just like, really? Like, everyone's okay? <laughs> like, what are you doing? One of the things I think the Jurassic World movies have really stumbled with is, you know, if you go back and watch the original Jurassic Park and the way that it builds to the confrontation with the raptors and hiding from them. I mean, the raptors and are truly horrifying mm. in that. And especially with how many, um, you know, like, like how many real props and things that they use and animatronics and, and, you know, that physical, physical props, you know, for these dinosaurs and not just CG, it makes them that much more scary. And so now <laughs> you've got this Jurassic world franchise where blue this raptor that's been trained, you know, to kind of somewhat obey humans or communicate with them has been a, you know, recurring dinosaur throughout this franchise. And to me, they, with having that and having raptors that can be good, I understand from a writing standpoint and when you're developing the first Jurassic world movie, like why that seems like a good idea. And it is kind of neat to see back then, but now we've gotten to the point where it's just desensitized me to raptors in these where like, they're not, that scary and some of the dinosaur encounters I think are less scary because of it. Um, you know, that being said, I think there were some encounters in the movie that I thought were fun. Like there's one specifically that's on uh, like a frozen lake that I thought was kind of, kind of fun. That was kind of cool. There's, there's one that involves a jungle and a character hiding underwater that I thought was like kind of visually cool and, and had some neat aspects. So like there were things like that that I thought were fun, but they were all just to get from point A to point B of the stuff that I really didn't care about. Yeah. What those two scenes had in common was that the dinosaur was taken seriously. It was a danger. A lot of that. Yeah. I noticed that too, Drew, like, a lot of like they're just not it's like everyone it's like it's an rpg and everyone's just too high level for this shit now you know what i mean like they, they're like oh it's a, it's that's a low level raptor i'll worry about you know when the t-rex shows up psych t-rex shows up we don't care <laughs> you know like it, it, they really they they disrespected the dinosaurs threat levels like across the board it's no longer a horror movie you're absolutely right the first movie they were scary you know what I mean? Uh, the scene was, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. They eat Samuel L. Jackson, Drew. <laughs> and obviously the first movie is iconic. And at the time, nobody had really seen anything like that before with dinosaurs being so realistically imagined on the screen. You know, that just it had never happened. But there's times in both Fallen Kingdom, the last movie, and in this movie. I think Bryce Dallas Howard's the one that says it in Fallen Kingdom. And Laura Dern says it in this one where they come up close with the dinosaur that's not not a threatening dinosaur and they're excited to see it and they say wow you just never get used to this 
you know, they, that line is in both multiple of these movies and I'm sitting watching it going, boy, am I used to this at this point? And this it, like, there's nothing thrilling about this. Like I'm become really desensitized to this with y'all cramming this franchise down my throat. Not that, I mean, I willingly go see these movies on my own, so I can't really say that, but it, it kind of feels that way. In a sense. I've seen all the movies. I read all the books. I played all the games. I'm, I'm a fan. I won't argue that I'm not, you know, I might even watch this movie again when it's like at home, you know, it's, it was entertaining. Uh, but once we Dinosaurs get to... on screen are cool. And mm. the fact that the Jurassic Park series is really the only mega film franchise we have that has dinosaurs in it. Is a shame. Like, you know, somebody else do something creative with dinosaurs if these movies have kind of run their course. Uh, Velocipaster. I, I like dinosaurs. Not Velocipaster. <laughs> Talking about disrespecting a dinosaur's threat level. <laughs> well, you know, so we've we've kind of dug into it a little bit here. Should we get into some of the spoilers some spoilies? now? I can mark it because uh, because, yeah, I'm I'm not going to go into a plot, you know, beat by beat yeah. summary of this movie by any means. But there are some things that I wanted to point out. So spoilers at this point, which some of these are things you can kind of assume are going to happen. But there there is a point in this movie where where a main see... character dies. No, no, oh, I was like, <laughs> I missed something. No, no, none of the main characters die. But no, there's a part where so there's kind of two parallel plot lines in the movie. One that involves the OGs, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and um, Jeff Goldblum, and one that has the newer characters, you know, with Bryce Dallas Howard and and Chris Pratt. And there's a point in the movie where they all finally meet up together and it's this moment for where for me where the music kind of swells and it does this thing like oh well your old heroes are meeting your new heroes and to me it felt like they were really trying to make this be a big emotional beat in the movie and it just did nothing for me like it made <laughs> me want to roll my eyes this is we're in the year of this happening we're like no way home did this very successfully with the three spider-man ghostbusters did this absolutely like an abhorrent Ghostbusters Afterlife was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Fight me. The, the end nostalgia, <laughs> the end nostalgia play in that one is so bad. In this one, it's not as bad as that, but there's a moment where I'm like, man, this is not giving me the emotional payoff that I think that they're trying to get out of me. But then, then in the scene that followed that, there were some callbacks to the older movies that I thought were kind of fun. Some of the nostalgia played very them. well. Yeah, some of it was good. Some of it was enjoyable. But a lot of it was grating. Uh, Speaking of some of the nostalgia being a little grating, I thought there were some, some comedy beats that were the same way, where there was definitely supposed to be a joke, a beat, <laughs> and a side. And nobody laughed, nobody chuckled, and you could almost hear like the <clears throat> in the silence of the theater. Uh, it felt like there were more than a handful of jokes that just plummeted i had uh i had i was sitting next to a, an inappropriate timing laughter person 
and like they just they laughed at really weird times. Uh, I had the same situation in the Green Knight. Like they would laugh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what did I miss? Like like a dinosaur would be like, Rawr! and they'd be like, ha ha ha, and it's like, what the. F- uh, I also had some uh, people. I, I I've never had this happen to me during a Ooh, movie. Yeah, that's right. I forgot the theater experience. How was your theater experience, everyone? It's true. Yeah, I I've never had this specific thing happen to me. So first off, I had two people sitting two seats down, talking, it like in normal speaking voices, not whispering. Fuck you. <laughs> and then the guy like finds a meme about a dinosaur and starts showing people on his phone. Never in my life. Like, I don't know, man, the theater's gotten so weird. Like it's there like, there were kids behind me. It was uh, like a pair of 10 year olds over my right shoulder who had something to say after every single line, after every cut, after every camera transition, they were asking their dad if they could go get ice cream after the movie, just like just like you said, straight up, full volume, just talking. And it, the dad didn't say anything to stop them, so I didn't want to scream at the kids, all right? So I'm, I'm harnessing my anger. Everybody knows how my anger and anxiety can get, right? So, whew, we'll stop, bring it down. Then over my left shoulder, I've got these, like, two 13- or 14-year-old girls who were just, meh, 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 the whole time talking about boys and what boys like them and talking about Evan and how Evan's too clingy and no one likes him. And they're just going on and on and on, talking and talking. Then, Jahan, this family comes in, like a 10- or 12-person family. They come in 20 minutes late. Okay, they sit down on both of the front rows because there's no spots left. The baby starts screaming for like three minutes straight. And I am this close to just screaming, get that thing the F out of here. Shut it up. It's like, shake it until it stops. Uh, But it stopped. Don't do that, please. We please. we, we hear it fresh out the box. Do not advocate for the shaking of babies. It's it stopped, okay. <laughs> but then, the straw that broke the camel's back, bro. This guy, like five seats to my right, just turns his phone light on full blast and starts looking around the seats for something. And like a minute and a half. He's just looking around the seats. He's up flashing everybody with the light. It's just bright as hell. And so finally I'm like, turn the fucking light off. And and then Annie like grabbed me and pulled my arm. Especially was like, it's all right. And I'm like, Jesus, man. And the guy next to me was like, yeah, man, we're trying to watch a movie. Let us enjoy it. Turn that light off. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's not just me. Uh, yeah, that's, wish I could have streamed this one from home. <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, I didn't have as the experience with the crowd like you all did, but I I had technical issues at my screening that was kind of uh, scary. So, like, it, I was at ele- an 11.50 showing. At 11.58, they still hadn't even started the trailers. We're still looking at a blank screen. So people are starting to get restless. I heard one girl's, it got to be almost 15 minutes late, and one girl's like, and they're still going to show us 20 minutes of previews. Like, there's no way we're going to get out of here at a good time. And uh, and then finally, the trailers started about 15 minutes late. Um, we saw 
I can't remember. I know we saw the Lightyear trailer and something else. And then the new Black Adam trailer started and maybe gets about 30 seconds in and then it just cut out and the screen goes to black. They didn't show and that somebody, one for me. Somebody came in and said... Uh, I didn't get to see a Black Adam trailer either. Yeah, there's a new one. It's it's on YouTube now, so you can see it. But they somebody came in and said, you know, sorry, they're having some issues. They told me projection should have it fixed in about the next five minutes. Uh, but just hold tight. You know, they're they're working on it. And luckily, less than five minutes later, it came back and they skipped the trailers. It did the pre-roll right before the movie. And then the movie started. So everything was still kind of on time. But there was a, a moment there where I thought I'm going to have to go to a different screening or this isn't going to work out. They're going to send all of us home. Uh, but luckily, that did not happen. So anyway, that it's kind of a funny tangent on our spoiler <coughs> talk. But we all had interesting theater experiences today. Mine, mine was overall fine, though. It was just. Those people were a little annoying. Gary Mine sounds like it was the worst. An ideal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's see. Any other kind of spoiler points about the movie? Th- maybe something you liked. It can be something you disliked. Lots, and lots, man. Uh, Daniela Panetta, I think is her name. She was Faye from Cowboy Bebop. She was in the second Jurassic yes. World movie. Yes. She's in the beginning of this movie. For along with Justice Smith, who's Justice the, bo- Smith. the boy that's in the other one, who they totally drew the short straw on this one. They're in the very beginning and then never see them again. You never see Daniela again. You see Justice Smith again during like that whole CIA BS, uh, but not much. She's just gone. And I was upset. I was like, why are you going to do that to me? She's the best. Give me more that- of her underground dinosaur black market with like the dinosaur <laughs> fighting rings and stuff that is the movie i want that's the, the dinosaurs are out on the world that's the planet i want that's the movie i want that's the setting i want uh, i didn't want to go back to secure dinosaur facility that was awesome seeing dudes tatted up with raptors and fighting pits i thought uh, that that's what the movie was going to be i thought it was going to be dinosaurs in the world uh, we're gonna Let's go bring down the them. illegal poaching ring or yeah. something. That's no, the type of even stuff I with, wanted to see too. With the way the movie started, with the giant like Jaws type shot pulling down the giant crab boat, and then uh, them breaking the stegosaurus out and driving through the stegosaurus field, I was like, "Am I on board for a dinosaur heist movie? Because I will watch them go steal the T Rex. I will. Like, I yes, will. Yeah. give me this." But that's not what we got. Uh, it's The movie starts off, like we all said, there's that cool montage of dinosaurs out in the world. Uh, they, they just start off with hot fire. Uh, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and more cheesy and stereotypical. And, and you could just see everything coming from a mile away the more the movie goes on. Yeah. Uh, it just becomes so see, bland by the end. I was fine with the locusting in the very beginning because I thought, like, oh, no, like, other stuff is happening. But no, it's just that one thing. Just that one thing. There is no other, like, there's, I thought there was going to be, like, uh, like Cretaceous area, era uh, foliage, like, running rampant, and, like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I thought there was going to be lots of cool, like, dinosaur diseases. I don't know. Like, actually seeing us, like, mesh. And they show at the very end 
like they you, you, that scene where it's like the triceratops are walking with elephants and like the, dinosaurs running with horses yeah. while they did a monologue that was like that's in the, this world so we bad. all must learn to live <laughs> together yeah literally yeah, looked was... like scenes out of the lion king but oh, where they it did superimpose dinosaurs into the scenes too like just <laughs> brutal it really so did rough. but like at the same time like they, at least they were trying to show the integration of them into our world and like that's what i wanted and then so we're talking spoilers now um yeah the plot is literally about these locusts they're eating crops they're giant they're like the size of like man they're not even giant they're like the size of a football yeah they're like football size they're big it's like big for a locust but like, if you're at home thinking that they're a giant locust, like the size of a Volkswagen, no, 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 they're just big locusts. They're big locusts. They're really hard to kill. They're like resistant to a lot of stuff. Blah blah blah. It's an issue. They start eating crops. They don't you eat. You know the what crops. they're not resistant to is being put into a large pot by a small child. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So the the whole plot of the movie, uh, Doctor Sattler, uh, played by uh, what's her name. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern's character, Doctor Sattler, is, is awful. Uh, I, I I like her, uh, but she, her whole I like thing. Laura Dern in general, like I think she I like could be a good general. actor. I'm with you, Gary. I thought she was like pretty horrendous. She I think was it was so just the writing, bad. man. Like, I think the writing like, was dark. It I think looked she like she didn't even know what to do with her like hands. Like her hands and her arms were weird the whole time. Yeah, like like it was her first time being on a set. She was just weird. She was so rigid. Yeah, I, I think that notice. the writing for the older characters in general was really bad, Jahan. So I, you're right, and I think she's probably doing the best with the material she's got. But it to me, it resulted in her almost overacting really mm. badly. Like just, I get it. You're in a movie with a bunch of dinosaurs. Like realism isn't necessarily what we're going for here. But it was just. Over the top. There now, was a however, lack of subtlety in a lot Sam of things. Sam Neill? I thought has aged really well. He had some awkward moments too, but like he's aged well. He looked good. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm down for some Dr. Alan Grant here. Uh, I can't he, see he that guy the movies. same way after I saw Event Horizon. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that, that movie is messed I, up. I thought he was great, and also he looked like he hadn't aged a day. You know what I mean? He still looks exactly like Dr. Grant. Um, if you would recognize him from the 90s to now, it, it, he looks the same. He plays the same. Uh, yeah, I would love to see, in, in an alternate universe, the years in between Jurassic Parks, uh, I would have loved to have seen a Dr. Grant spinoff where it's like Indiana Jones mixed with dinosaurs starring Dr. Grant. Uh, I think now he's too old for that, but... Um, if only there were a world where we could see those movies, I could do more Dr. Grant in my life. Yeah. And then even of them, then you have Jeff Goldblum, who has even less to do than the other two, except for just given a lot of long monologues. Dude. I'm like, he's just spouting absolute nonsense. Like nothing he's saying makes any sense. It was so and weird. The cadence with which he was saying things, they weren't. It wasn't right. He wasn't, like, delivering the lines the way that a human being would say the sentence. He was putting the word in the wrong spot. All the time. I think that's just kind of a Goldblum thing. It is a Goldblum thing. Uh, But But the writing of it just seemed like somebody writing 
you know, who said he's a mathematician. We need to make sure that he sounds really smart. So make sure you write this to sound like a smart person would say it. But then they didn't get a smart person to write it. (laughs) No, it just comes off like nonsense. No offense to whoever wrote it, you know, but... Come on. No, the totally. scene I think about in particular is when he's giving his dissertation the first time you see him and he's talking to the crowd full of students. Um, which, first of all, they're not students. They're employees. So it's weird that he's giving a college lecture-style dissertation in the it middle is. of the workday. But whatever. We'll let it go. It's a weird speech. It didn't make any sense or have to do with anything. And then afterwards, there were like everyone in the class, 40, 50 people surrounding him for book signings. Uh, Super like weird. he was a celebrity, even though this was the place that he supposedly works at. Like he's this is for it, six months. You know, like, yeah. yeah, What is happening? There I were just mean, so many inconsistencies like that that were just uh-huh. so dumb. So they were it, just d- stupid. It's like they wrote his character based off of like a synopsis of his character, like a, a little. It's like they had an excerpt. It's like, oh, this is how you write for you. it. And didn't watch the movies or something because it was like more like they wrote him as Jeff Goldblum. Kind of, yeah, definitely. There was some of that because uh, you know Ian Malcolm was kind of like a rock star guy in the first movie, but also he has some of the best lines in Jurassic Park. They're quoted, they're memed, they're everyone says them all the time, uh, and he says really smart. So he's his character. He's a genius. He's really smart, uh, and you know all that chaos theory stuff. Uh, is really cool. He's just yeah, you're right. He was spouting nonsense, and, and then everyone smart. applauded. He wasn't Here's smart in this one either. He was the puppet uh, oh. for somebody else to spread the plot. So he wasn't even smart. He didn't know the layout of the place. He didn't know the codes to get in the doors. Uh, he didn't know anything. He was just a bumbling fucking buffoon in this one. Man, excuse my language. I'm really dropping f bombs, but I'm I'm not a big fan of this Jurassic Dominion. Well, I want to talk about the writing a little bit because, Jahan, I appreciate you, and you're a very nice person, and you're trying to be nice and say no offense <laughs> to the writers. But I'm here to say the opposite, a total offense to the writers as far as I'm concerned because I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I believe, and I'm going to go into it again because I think that Colin Trevorrow's story is very fascinating uh, because for anybody who doesn't know, Colin Trevorrow was directed a little indie movie called Safety Not Guaranteed years ago, and it was pretty well received. And after that movie, he gets handed the reins to Jurassic World. And Steven Spielberg signed off on it and gave him the seal of approval, like, this is the guy to take the Jurassic Park mantle. You know, he's going to make Jurassic World. Colin Trevorrow makes Jurassic World. He writes it, you know, probably with a writing partner. I don't have it in front of me who he wrote it with, but, you know, it's a writer on it. He directs it. It's a huge mega hit. You know, Jurassic World made over a billion dollars, huge mega hit, Colin Trevorrow, bona fide blockbuster director, writer, all that. Then goes from that, makes a passion project he's been wanting to make for years (laughs) called The Book of Henry. It is absolutely crazy, ridiculous. It's a terrible movie that just talk about things making no sense. That movie makes no sense. There's no human logic in that movie at all. It's so ridiculous. And at this point, you know, after the success of Jurassic World, Trevorrow had been given Star Wars Episode Nine. He was supposed to write and direct Star Wars Episode Nine. The Book of Henry comes out and is so critically reviled and bombs so bad that Disney then fires him 
from Star Wars Episode Nine, so he loses that movie. He does still have a story by credit on that was, Episode Nine. He's in the credits. That was a close one. A that movie credit. was almost terrible. Uh, that movie was still terrible. Yeah, but um, he got a story by credit, so let's blame it on him. And so then he did help. He was a writer on Fallen Kingdom and produced it, but didn't direct it. And then he came back to direct this one and wrote this one as well. And as far as I'm concerned, Colin Trevorrow must be stopped. We'd have to stop wow. this man. Yeah. This, this cannot go on any longer. Please, somebody stop this oh. man. He's got the anti-Midas touch. Everything he touched turns straight up into Dookie. Yeah, who's who's this uncle that keeps getting him into these parts? Like, <laughs> you know, and and I'm I'm from a directing standpoint, there's some competent directing here. Like, there are some scenes that look cool. Like, the guy can sure. direct action, but from a writing standpoint, got you got to hand it off to somebody else, man. Just you know, just hand over the reins. You can still be involved, sure. Keep being a producer, maybe direct here and then. You don't need to be in the writing room, my guy. Just just take a step outside. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, he could probably uh, spend more time with his family or vacation that way, too. Just take a, take a week off while the writers are working on some stuff. I feel like just, his just family doesn't like him very much. I wouldn't. Would you? <laughs> nah, it's just mean. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about the writing. I want to talk a little bit about, like, the sheer mind-numbing happenstance and luck. Uh, first off, I was tripped out uh, by the pilot when we first see her. I was like, I was like, damn, she's, like, really, really, like, uh, specific-looking. Like, she stands out. Like, you could see her in a crowd a mile away. Like, not a great thing for a criminal, but, you know, then I started thinking, I'm like, some criminals have, like, tattoos on their faces, you know, whatever. It happens. Uh... But then, like, so she sees the girl, right? She drops off the raptor. She sees the girl after the kid had the clone. Oh, no, I'm a clone. Uh, And then, like, the only person that Bryce Dallas Howard shows this picture to is this woman. In the whole the whole time they're there she didn't even show it to the cia guy like she she, she thought she, about that but you're so right she's the only great. person she's like oh you're american you won't f- screw me over you know what i mean which is just wrong yeah <laughs> the american yeah. the american that you find in that criminal den is probably a monster that's how well, that usually works you find in that criminal den is absolutely related to the kidnapping of the person from America. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, and so it's just like the one person she shows the photo to, and then like the woman happens to be walking in the street when Bryce Dallas Howard's about to get eaten by a raptor, steals the truck that she falls into. Cool, fine. Or, or that might be her truck. Or it might be her truck. I don't think it was, but that's a good point. Uh, and then, like, the whole thing with them getting to the plane, uh, th- okay. that, that scene was actually pretty cool. I um, was going to say, you can't fast forward through that. That car chase. That was uh, solid. The, the stolen car, the motorcycle, the raptors through the city uh, with the stolen dinosaurs, like, fighting out uh, in the town square. There was a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of cool moments. A lot of stupid moments, too. Like, why would Chris Pratt drive the raptors and the big dinosaurs right at the crowd of people eating at the cafe on the corner? Because uh, you know, he's he a man a on little, a mission. He would have more sense than that. He would lead the dinosaurs away from the crowds. Uh, that's what the character's done in the past. There was just, some, again, a lot of inconsistencies uh, throughout the movie like yeah. that. We were just like, why? This is so dumb. Why? This is so dumb. Uh, but all in all, that was a, a really cool car chase, and that, was one of my high points of the movie. That I was love definitely a, a high car point. Chase. I even, I even kind of liked the the trained raptors that like, oh, we see a laser light, that's our prey. We hunt you till you're dead. That was cool, and that was the whole man. We could have had that movie where humans that was are like, using that was dinosaurs. Actually in, that was actually in Fallen Kingdom, also because the Indoraptor mm. that's introduced in that one, it follows a laser sight and sound. Yeah, it is trained to attack. So it kind of that continued from that one too. That was really cool. They're talking about training raptors uh, for military purposes in the in Jurassic World, and you know you get to see it. And that was the movie that we all it sounds like we all wanted to see, where humans and dinosaurs are in the same world and things are happening. Not going back. And then they take this plane. <laughs> this woman who saves the day is like, yeah, I have a plane, uh, and I know how to get to this place. I've been there before. Uh, let's go rescue this girl. Uh, you know, no, you don't have to pay me. I just, I, you know, is this the right thing to do? Uh, fine, whatever. She felt guilty that a, a girl got trafficked uh, on her watch. Fine. And then they get to the freaking place. You know, they turn off the air defense system. The pterodons come in, uh, wreck the plane. Cool. Fine. Well, that was kind of cool. Bryce Dallas Howard ejects. Yeah. And then the plane crashes way over there. Yes. Which is important to put an earmark on because later Chris Pratt and the pilot come from way over there all the way back to where the 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 ejected seat landed. But Bryce Dallas Howard would have been working her way towards the plane. So they would have met each other much sooner than that. They missed her by a mile, and it would have taken extra an hour or two or three to miss her by that much. Something like that, yeah. And then, yeah, so she ejects. She Her, her parachute gets ripped up by pterodons. Of course it does. There's a backup chute because there is. Fair enough. The plane crashes into a frozen lake. Everybody's fine. <laughs> crashes onto <laughs> it and not into a, it not a scratch on him not not nary a bruise <laughs> nary a bruise sir not a scratch like they didn't like nothing like this at this point this is a children's movie <laughs> because that's ridiculous they get out of the plane you know they don't even show a scene where it's like oh no we're gonna drown like you always do because of course oh, you that's do. right they skipped that one they skipped it they just got out there fine it was cool uh and yeah, there was a lot of that. And then, like, they just kept finding each other. Just randomly throughout the things. It was just ridiculous. Uh, they constantly... And then anytime there was dinosaurs involved, like, you're like, oh, cool. Someone's gonna die. You know what I mean? Because, of course, they're gonna die. The world's greatest predators are here. <laughs> and there's six of you scrambling over each other to get away. One of you's gonna die, right? Nope, no one... Like, not even... No one even loses a limb. No one Jeff breaks. Goldblum straight up is like <laughs> separated from the group, grabs a stick, lights a fire, he and stands. Die. He stands like three feet away from a T Rex and is like, "Hey, whoa! You look at me! Look at me!" 
And yeah, there's no bite, there's no eat. I thought that was it too. I thought he was giving himself up for the greater good, saving. That's the team. what I thought. Yes, nuh uh. No, hell no, because he has a stick and he's going to use it. He throws what? it like a, a flaming spear into this, uh, not even Tyrannosaurus, I think it was an Allosaurus, uh, something like that, and throws it into its throat. And whatever this thing is soaked in is the most flammable substance ever because it flares up in his mouth. And it was just so This ridiculous. is one of the things I was going to bring up because, you know, I, the torch, it's kind of a fun callback because, you know, in the original Jurassic Park, Alan Grant has the flare mm -hmm. and everybody's trapped in the car that the T-Rex is trying to get into. Alan Grant uses the flare, waves it around, distracts the T-Rex, so the T-Rex starts coming after him. He throws it to the side. The T-Rex still comes after him and he starts running away and he gets it away, you know. So in this one, you get role reversed and Dr. Ian Malcolm's so, using his torch. But yeah, then throws it into the dinosaur's mouth and then it erupts like a bomb. I'm like, did. I don't think it did. that makes any sense. It made no from sense. A science standpoint. It made no sense at all. It was the equivalent side to the dinosaur as me putting like a candle, a lit candle uh, in my mouth. I can yeah, put that out. Apparently, this dinosaur's saliva is made out of lighter fluid. Yeah, it's, it was so weird. What I took away. Um, and there's some parts in that where you know, like at one point, Doctor Malcolm's in the car that's flipped upside down, and you can see him look, you know, on the ground looking through the windows, and the the T Rex is nudging it. Yeah. And spinning it, and some of those visuals that were taken from the first one, I actually didn't mind those. Little I didn't mind them either. That was fine. That that wasn't too pandering or anything. That that, that kind of stuff I liked. However, uh, there's another character from the original that's that's in here that we haven't talked about yet, which is BD Wong, is Doctor Henry mm -hmm. Wu, who's he's kind of been popping up. Like I I think he I know he was in Fallen Kingdom. I can't remember. He if was he's in the in he was in World as well. Jurassic World, yeah, and just because he know, made the Indoraptor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and and oh no, the, he I made he made the whatever was the precursor Indominus to the Indominus Rex. Yeah, there you um, go. yeah, and you know they try to do, gosh, the, he's of course involved in all the science plot lines and with the clone and you know the clones and the clone girl Maisie is her name is introduced in the last one and she's the the granddaughter of this guy who his daughter died and so they cloned her and yada yada and in this one they expand upon that and she actually got older and was using this you know had some sort of fatal ish genetic issue and then created a clone of herself that she gave birth to so she gave birth to herself and it goes into all this crazy science stuff about curing diseases and then the locusts are part of that and none of it makes any sense and dr Wu, B.D. Wong is there as part of the science and he's recognizing the wrongs that he's done and like they try to give him this redemption moment in the end where I'm like, I just don't care. I don't no. care. I don't care. I don't care. That's yeah, that's the whole time. The, the, so, so Jahan and I uh, you know, we like storytelling and bullshittery, right? We can we can pull bullshittery out. Uh, we're good at it. We, we like to do it. Um, the fact that the clone was cured through human dinosaur genome and that they were going to use that research to get rid of the giant locusts that they made. So, yeah. So what what was going... That's the plot. <laughs> what, was, what happened, what she did, supposedly, was 
Uh, she had a genetic condition, so of course she passed it on to her clone uh, and wanted to Han, I know what you're doing here. You really don't have to justify or explain yeah, this. Story I'm not going to justify it. I'm upset about it. I'm, on this, <laughs> I'm not happy about this, Drew. I was stumbling over my words earlier. I literally saw this movie like five hours ago or a little more, and I'm already stumbling to even get through what happened in it because it was just so insane. Oh, I'm real good at tying these strings together, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, so they cure the clone by using a virus to replace every cell in her body. That's what that's what happened. That's what they said happened. And he was like, no one's ever done it before. Yeah, because what? Get out of here. Uh, like, it's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, you know, your cells, you know, replace every so often. But they did it so with often. dinosaur DNA. Something, I, but, yeah. Uh, and the real kicker is that now they're going to deconstruct a clone's cure yeah. to make locusts smaller. No, to make the locusts die. Oh, yeah, to make them die and go away. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, so it's a highly contagious disease that's fatal, that you're just praying like crap doesn't jump species? Like, and then at the end of the movie, he releases the contaminated bug alone to a field, and, like, everyone's like, ah, oh, what could possibly go? Everyone could die. Everyone Pray. on the planet Earth could die. Every li- it could have, I don't know, it was just so absurd. Uh, I, um, can I talk to you guys about something that really upset me about this movie? Was it the Locust Fire Tornado? <laughs> no, actually, but that did upset me. I'm so I'm glad you brought that up. How did a room full of locusts turn into, like, one million locusts that burned down an entire forest <laughs> and then also wound up on the sub-level oh three a couple floors up in the server so, room that's so completely insane. closed? <laughs> so dumb. Bananas. Oh my god. No, what I was going to say is one thing that really bothered me, and it bothered me when I left the theater and it's still bothering me now, um, was that Chris Pratt's story had to have taken days. You know, like four or five days. Traveling across the world, meeting with the CIA, setting up the sting, going to the place. But Dr. Grant was only there for like three or four hours. Like, they, they, all they did was they showed up, they went to a tour, and they went and got some locust DNA. Yeah. And the movie continues to go back and forth from plot to plot to plot to plot. Like, you're watching this really tense thing. But that's the difference, is you're watching a week's worth of action and fights and dinosaurs and motorcycles and car crashes and plane crashes versus some old people walking around looking for a bug. It is just an awful, boring, secondary plot. Uh, It was just really hard to choke down. And then trying to think of it in my head as like, you know, they've they've only been here for like a couple hours, like three or four hours. But it really seems like the movie wants you to think that this is all going on at the same time. Um... And it, it, it cannot be with the amount of time it would have taken Chris Pratt to get around and do things. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 only the time other... frames and the things that happen in those time frames just don't seem consistent to me. No, definitely. Yeah. 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 I hadn't really thought about I that. I hadn't thought about that totally either. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, the, really the, the only other major spoiler thing I really wanted to touch on, um, cause I, I'm getting to the point already where I'm like, I'm over, I'm getting over talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm almost done. Um, but no, you know, in Jurassic world, they made it a point to, you know, they in, 
introduce the Indominus Rex, and then at the end of that movie, there's a confrontation between the Indominus Rex and the T-Rex, the, the, the OG T-Rex. And the T-Rex wins, and they make a point of that, and it's kind of like, you know, throwback to the, 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 the old-school Apex Predator always wins. And they... The T-Rex has a much smaller role in uh, Fallen Kingdom, but the T-Rex is kind of present throughout this one. But there's just like a really weird kind of thrown in side. uh, It's not even a side plot because it's not even really it's to call it a plot is really, (laughs) really giving it a lot of credit. But there's another giant dinosaur that i don't remember what it's called that's like a t-rex but they say it's it's even bigger and they keep saying it's the biggest it's the biggest carnivore it's like the gigantosaurus yeah and so there's a part where maybe a little over midway through the movie the t-rex and that dinosaur have a confrontation and the the uh, the gigantosaurus or whatever it's called wins and the t-rex pouts and walks away you know and lets the the other dinosaur have its food and then at the end there's another confrontation where that dinosaur pretty much straight up beats the T-Rex. The T-Rex plays dead, comes back, and teams up with this other dinosaur. He teams just... up with a half dinosaur, half sloth with cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty accurate description. I was going to say it's the dinosaur that needs a manicure, but I love the half dinosaur, half sloth with cataracts. It's, it's an accurate description. They they obviously tried to do some things in this movie where they introduced some new dinosaurs that the way that science has gone in the years since Jurassic Park, they've there's been more science that shows, well, dinosaurs probably actually looked like this and probably had feathers yeah. and yada, yada, yada. And so they have some new dinosaurs in this one that really, I think, closely resemble what the real science now is saying. And so there's a scene, you know, with Bryce Dallas Howard with the with the the dino sloth cataracts creature. Were dinosaur hands. And at the end, that one teams up with the T-Rex and they kill the big dinosaur. And then they like are like, Yeah, bro, we yeah. did it. And then they, they go roar. their separate ways. <laughs> they roar with each other, basically the dinosaur equivalent of a high five, <laughs> yeah. and walk away. And I'm like, what what just happened? No Why? Did they team up? What is this other dynamic? Because you Bryce know what's Dallas really Howard good about the kill? Been... It's like it's not a throat ripping kill. The T Rex like shoulder butts <laughs> the Gigantosaurus, and Edward Dinosaur Hands just catches it with his sharp fingers. Yeah, Edward it... Dinosaur Hands is so good. <laughs> it is really good. Um, no, I mean, and, and that's how the Indoraptor died in Fallen Kingdom. Blue kicks it through the roof, or are they manage to get it fall through the roof, and it gets impaled on a on a. Uh, triceratops skull and then in this one the dinosaur that dinosaur gets impaled on sloth hands or edward edward dino scissor hands whatever you called it it was a great name um but yeah just like it introduced that dinosaur with the sloth hands earlier in the movie in this scene with bryce dallas howard that i thought was actually pretty effective like one mm-hmm. of the better scary scenes but I didn't get from that scene that, like, this is one of the new big dinosaurs. Like, this is one of the ones to fear. So, and then at the end, when it roars in in defiance with the T-Rex, I'm like, was this dinosaur supposed to be a big bad, too? Like, I just didn't... I don't know. It was just so strange. So that dinosaur, so you actually strange. reminded me. Uh, I actually really like that scene, too, where she's hiding from it. That was, like, the original movie's fear. You know what I mean? That was good. 
But, like, also, it feeds into what I was talking about, the ridiculous luck. She lands in front of a dinosaur that cannot see. It's the only blind dinosaur that they've <laughs> ever shown in any of these movies. <laughs> They're like, how are they gonna, how's she going to get away from this one? What if it's blind? It's like, it is, you know what I mean? As it's- cool as that scare was... Then there's the exact opposite, where the three original characters are going through the amber mines, and instead it's like a haunted house, where they come around the corner and it's like, ah, dinosaur. They climb a ladder and it's like, rah, dinosaur, rah, dinosaur, over and over. You're just like, what is this jump scare Not cave only, that they're in? Bro, like, why are there Demetri- Like, Alright, I know, I know, dinosaur science, whatever, like, leave me alone, alright? Demetrodon's in the mines. Why? You know what that thing on their back is? It's to to gather solar rays to like wa- keep yeah. warm. Like, why are they subterranean? That's the whole point of their fin. It's to stay warm, uh, or something like they that. They also had uh, tiny little short legs, like shorter than my corgi's legs, and it didn't <laughs> seem like they could move very fast. So I was kind of like, why? They were What's kind the of cute with these things. Like, yeah. why? Why are they so scared of these? I feel like you could probably outrun one pretty easily. Yeah, my fat ass could outrun one. Yeah, it was just uh yeah, that that bothered me too. Uh I think I think I had I'm one done more. taking a crap on this movie if you guys are. Yeah, and I mean I just like I guess to put a little bit of a positive spin on it. Again, I like seeing the dinosaurs. Like I have fun when there's dinosaurs on screen and when the plot has to do with dinosaurs. The problem is just this one's plot didn't have to the do dinosaurs with dinosaurs were there, but it did I mean I couldn't believe the giant locusts, and I was like, surely this isn't going to be the main plot, and it really was, and that just kind of blew my mind, but I mean, there are cool dinosaur things in it, but just some of the writing and decision making in this movie, I'm like, what? I don't know what they were thinking. That's my big takeaway. They were thinking, we need to steal the girl so that we can kill the locusts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First we get the girl. Then step two. Then oh, and there's step dinosaurs. Three, profits. Yeah, step is, three is locusts. Step three is yeah. They they, they literally like... had the underpants gnome planning going on. Yeah. Yeah. Step one, get girl. Step three, locusts. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how in The Walking Dead, like the zombie apocalypse is the setting, but they're not necessarily always the plot. Like that's a character. I also drama. thought of, of that. It is a character drama that hap- there happens to be zombies. And it's almost like with this movie, they wanted to make a character drama where there happened to be dinosaurs, except none of the character drama worked. None of the characters really worked. And the dinosaurs get the short end of the stick, and yeah. I wanted more dinosaurs. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel about it. I had the exact and same thought uh, about I, The Walking Dead. I can't dead. believe no one died. Yeah, no one died! I can't believe it. Yeah. They're too high level. Well, man. no, the one guy died. Mr. Science guy. That oh, he died. yeah. That was no, the other didn't. thing I had to say. That guy was, was trash. What a horrible bad what guy. What a terrible bad guy. And he's actually he's playing a character that's in the first Jurassic Park movie, but the guy that played that role is like a registered sex offender now. Or whatever. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. Like, so obviously they recast him with this actor. <sighs> and this guy, I can't think of his name. Um, his name is uh, Campbell Scott, which I think of him, he plays he plays uh, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker's dad. 
in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. That's what I think of him <laughs> as he plays Richard Parker. Uh, but he's he's in this. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and if you notice at the end, so I think that's part of why they have him get killed by the Raptors with the the acid spitting ones with the the frilly neck. I think they're called Dilophosaurus. Um, and at one point he drops his bag and he, he, he's the character in the first Jurassic Park that has the first meeting with Wayne Knight's character. And they're talking at lunch outside and yeah, Wayne Knight shows him the Barbasol. Yeah, Newman shows him the Barbasol can and all that kind of stuff. And actually when that character got killed in this one, he, dro- he had, I don't know the, bar- he had the Barbasol yeah. can. He drops yeah. his bag and the Barbasol can rolls. And yeah, I thought that was a funny callback, but. It's also like if you're not it a super was, nerd, you're not gonna even know that's the same. Character it was a from... funny callback, but like, why was like you would only pick that item up and like display it if you saw the movie? Like, like that was a, it's a weird thing to have on your shelf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. There's so many. I'm and I'm sure I'm I'm really interested. I need to like go down. <laughs> a lot of people hate Reddit. It's a, it can be a terrible place, but like I want to go down the Reddit wormhole of what people are saying and see Dude. what the Twitter discourse is because they're gonna pick pull apart even more things that I'm not thinking of or we haven't mentioned that it's are gonna make when me this, laugh. Because when this comes out, there are a lot of things that can be picked apart here. When this comes out uh, on streaming or something, we should straight up mystery science theater this. It's just like watch it and like talk over it and just sit here and talk about it. I've always wanted to do mystery science theater. Do like a Damn. commentary episode. Yeah. It'd be fun. Um, okay, well we can we can move on from that. I think we've really torn into it as much as we feel like it. And just really quick, we don't have to talk on it too much, but I just as something else that's new and relevant this week, the the Miss Marvel premiere dropped on Disney Plus this week. And uh I just wanted to talk about it really quick. Um, I know there's only been one episode, so it's not like there's a whole lot to talk about. But I was just curious to get y'all's thoughts on uh, on the premiere of, of Miss Marvel. You know, we seems like Moon Knight just ended and we've got Obi-Wan going on simultaneously. And now we've got another Disney plus Marvel show. And it really seems like they're going to keep rolling this stuff out. You're not going to get much of a lull. I was surprised um, between shows these that days. they dropped this while Obi-Wan was going. I was a little surprised. Figured they'd let yeah, so, them breathe. So we don't have to do a full-on spoiler discussion necessarily. Well, we can touch on some things, but just in, you know, what did y'all think of Miss Marvel? Go ahead, Gary. I hated it. Just, just, just like that. Just no redeeming qualities for you. Nope. I hated it. <laughs> I I hate the tone. I hate the character. Uh, I do not like their the supporting characters. I don't like the the boy that is her friend that makes her uh, cosplay stuff. I didn't like either one of her parents. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like the show. I don't like her power. Uh, that it's maybe I'll like it more when I learn more about it. But right now she has a magic bracelet, so uh, I don't like that. I don't like Captain Marvel, and I don't even like that she's a Captain Marvel fan. Uh, because I don't like Captain Marvel. And when she went to the convention and the convention was a carnival, I was like, has Marvel even seen what a convention, what a convention actually looks, looks like? like? Yeah. Because this looks like a carnival. And every, like, like three out of ten people were wearing the same outfit. Um, there, that was, it was bad. It was really bad and I did not like it. 
Uh, Jahan, how about you? So I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I love the visuals they bring in. It was very... They they kind of brought uh, into the Spider-Verse visuals into a, you know, a live-action show. Uh, a lot of that style. Honestly, though, some of the stuff they were doing, while it was super awesome, I got a little nauseous at one point from the camera moving too much. Uh, but I still think the camera... Like, there's a lot of really cool camera work in this. Uh, I like the characters. Uh, her supporting cast guy in the chair, uh, which I am slightly annoyed that every superhero just has a techie best friend, but it's kind of true in comic books anyway, so whatever. Um, but he's from The Walking Dead. Yeah, he was in The Walking Dead. I think his name was Henry, uh, and he was... The Walking Dead getting a couple shout-outs from us tonight. He was the adoptive son of Carol and uh, King the King. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was just, I, I was like, where do I know him from? I was like, oh yeah, the walkie dead. Uh, it was awesome to see once again, representation matters. Uh, when they were like sitting around the table and, you know, I hear, you know, words from a language that I, like, you know, I think they speak, they speak a different language than your audience, but some of the words are the same. They're saying salam, uh, that kind of stuff. It just, you know, like I got a little choked up because it's just cool to see. And we weren't the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, even the super religious brother isn't, like, a nut job. You know what I mean? Like, he's a cool guy. He's not, like, a fanatic. Uh, it was amazing uh, Muslim representation, for sure. And it's just nice to see us, you know, being depicted in a positive, family-oriented light. Like, I know us to be. Because uh, we just want to chill, uh, eat seeds, and, like, hang out with our family. That's what we want to do. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not Muslim, but... My family is, so, uh, it's just, it was really nice to see that. I like the, the actress. It's like they, like, removed DNA from the comic book and, like, made it a real person. Uh, I've heard other people say she's, she looks just like her. She's perfectly cast. I think that she has a, I, I like her personality. I like the way she plays. She does a really good job, uh, of being this awkward, nerdy kid from Jersey. Um... Some, I mean, you know, it is a teen, there is some teen romance going, and that's always hard to watch, but, um... It, to I, me, yeah. definitely felt the most teen of any of the Marvel shows definitely. so far. It really felt like a teen show. Definitely, Well, definitely. and let me, let me dive into it, because I, I haven't given my thoughts, and I want to say, I'm really, I'm kind of more with Jahan here. A lot of the things that Gary was pointing out as things that he didn't like about the show were the things that I did like, <laughs> that I actively liked. I thought the, um style of it was really was really cool i loved the animations that are thrown in with it Love i thought that was super fun the family dynamics and and you know learning the the quirks of the the family just nuances there i thought were just super fun and i i like um i have to say some of these recent projects that have come out that have had some of these different cultures examined i have found to be fun like We've talked um, a few weeks ago about Turning Red, the new Pixar movie, which I know, Gary, you didn't like that that one either. But in that, you know, you see it's a Chinese-Canadian family, and you learn about some of their traditions and see some of their family dynamics. And there are a lot of similarities, I think, between that and even the dynamic with her friends in that. That one was more anime 
inspired, but compared to this, Miss Marvel, just, I don't know, we're like some good comedy. It does come across like a teen comedy, but teen comedies and coming of age uh, as a genre is is one that I'm very partial to. Like, I love um, coming of age movies and things like that. So, I, like, that just is something I find appealing anyway. So, I don't know. This one just kind of fit in with what I was looking for, and especially for me having not been a big fan of Moon Knight, and I thought that that show... I thought Oscar Isaac was awesome in that show, but I thought otherwise, visually, it was kind of bland, and there was some cool action in it at times, but I don't know. And then going from that to this, that was, I just thought, much more visually stimulating and fun, I thought was a nice change of pace uh, as far as the Disney Plus Marvel shows go. So I, I was definitely way more positive on it and um i'm not coming away from it like this is the best marvel show of the disney plus marvel shows by any means i have to see more but i definitely thought the premiere was very fun i thought it was fantastic i really like it i can't wait to see where it goes uh was watching the making of moon knight on disney plus uh and they were it was the director and he was you know they were jerking themselves off talking about how (laughs) awesome moon knight is and how he's such an action-based hero and they can't wait to show the world how badass moon knight is and my first thought is like man you guys didn't open with action you opened with steven and then in the end of the second episode the first time before you ever see moon knight and he barely has any action um, I felt the same way about Miss Marvel, where you're you're they're gonna tell me this is this really cool show and I'm gonna love it. And what I watched was a girl go to a convention and find out she had a magic bracelet. It was boring. It was long. I was not excited. Uh, I did really like the the family in the same way that I loved Oscar Isaac's performance in Moon Knight. He, the the way that he showed mental health. Uh, and the way that he had really done his research and they showed they did such a great job with the multiple personality disorder. Uh, I think that they have definitely grabbed that with Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan. Just like you guys said, she's telling a great story. She's really realistic. Her family's very believable. Yeah. I just think that a 14-year-old uh, girl from Jersey who can't even remember to pick up her gloves off the bathroom floor is not a good superhero. That's my problem. I think she's <laughs> not a good hero. So it's hard for me to watch. Say, yeah. so just, again, I'm not going to, we don't have to do a beat-by-beat beat spoiler discussion for this, because because to Gary's point, I, I'm not going to disagree with you that it, there's not that much that happens. You're introduced to the character, you're introduced to her family, and she goes to this convention and that's how she kind of discovers her powers and whatnot. But um, I just want to say, so here's, here's the biggest spoiler for the premiere of this episode. So this is coming up because we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, as you know, in the comics, Kamala Khan is, is uh, an inhuman. That's how she gets her powers. So yeah. the Terrigen mists are deployed and she gets her powers. And, and I, th- I think she mostly is super stretchy, right? That's kind of her powers yeah. there. And, uh, Obviously, they tried to do the Inhuman show, MCU-based show that I think was on ABC, and it bombed pretty bad. And so the, it was discarded, and, and the Inhumans really haven't been mentioned in the MCU anywhere Which is else. a shame. And, I love the Inhumans. So I was interested to see how they were going to do that with Kamala Khan and what they did. And so I, I do, I will say the magic bracelet 
I have to see where it goes because I do think it's a little bit anticlimactic. Like, oh, her grandmother handed down this brain or collected these artifacts. She gets her hands on it, happens to put it on as part of her costume, and then all of a sudden has these powers. Um, I don't know. I just have to see more or see if they dive into it more because I do agree that's maybe a little bit anticlimactic. But I also don't mind her not being an inhuman because to try to put all of the inhuman backstory for one character in the MCU right now probably isn't necessary when you can find another way to give her her powers. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also just interested to see what exactly her powers are. Cause like we said in the comics, she can, she basically is like Mr. Fantastic in a way she might have some more strength to her or something. I don't know. And this, it just kind of looks like she's got an energy gauntlet, but the way that she was using it were like extensions of yeah, her legs. Kind of like a she green lantern ring. Yeah, but she wasn't necessarily stretching in the same way. I don't know. Obviously, they're going to take some liberties with this character, which makes sense. She's going to be in the new Captain Marvel movie. I think the sequel's called The Marvels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they have to make her fight along Captain Marvel, who's legitimately a cosmic superhero that shoots energy blasts and is one of the stronger characters in the MCU... Obviously, you got to get, you know, make this character have some sort of even footing. But yeah, that's one of the things where I'm like, I'm not willing to just say "Ah, that's stupid and discard it. But I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. I also have problems with their powers. The bracelet, I'm not a fan of. So the whole reason I thought they were changing her powers was to make her have a similar power origin to um, the woman that got her powers in um, WandaVision. And then also Captain Marvel, because both of them get their powers from the forces of the stones, in a way. Uh, oh no, we lost Gary. Uh, the, the the forces that govern the stones, the energy that comes from the stones is what gave them their powers. I thought that she was going to get something similar. Maybe the bracelet has something to do with the stones, but unlikely, because they were all just... Dis- uh, well, they weren't destroyed, were they? They were replaced in the timeline. Yeah, they were all placed back in the timeline. Yeah. So I guess they are still there. But until they get to the future and, and then are destroyed. Uh, interesting. But yeah, so it's just weird. It's just, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that. I also, you know, I wish she was in, in human still. But it does seem like there's some sort of lineage here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe she is. You know what I mean? Because it does seem to be a family thing. It is entirely possible that maybe this gauntlet simply awakened her in human DNA. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. I mean, they might still incorporate that somehow. Yeah. And if she can, if she can continue, if it awakened and then she can use the powers without it in the future, I don't know. We'll have to see, but um, yeah. All right. Well, cool. I just, I just kind of wanted to see where y'all were at on that. I'll, I'll definitely be watching. I'm not even sure how many episodes it's supposed to be. If it's six or eight or, you know, I, I don't, I'm honestly couldn't tell you. I thought, there was a scene that was really funny. Uh, it made me laugh. The guidance counselor uh, was like, don't call me Mr. Smith. That's my dad's name. Call me Ronald. I don't remember what his name was. He's like, but that's my dad's name too. Uh, and then, like, he didn't know where to go from there. And that was just really funny. But yeah, no, I, li- I like the show. Uh, I look forward to seeing more. What about you guys? Cool. Is that everything? Yeah, I don't, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. This is episode 49. We're almost there at that year mark. Can't wait. Uh, I've been Jahanan at Rock Factor on Twitter. 
It's me, Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG on all of the social media things. If you like tabletop games, come check out Jahan and I every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Jahananon, or just Google Fresh Out the Box TTRPG, and we'll be there for you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here, and let Drew know what your favorite dinosaur is on Twitter. <laughs> and I am Drew Munhausen at, at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to episode 49 of Fresh Out the Podcast. We haven't thrown out a hashtag in a while, and if we do, I think it should be that what was the um, Dino Scissor Hands? Was that what it should <laughs> Ed, be? It's Edward, Edward Dino Hands. Edward Dino Hands. Hashtag ha- Edward Dino Hands, please. Yep. Hash- shoot that hashtag specifically at Jahan. Ooh, I like it. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay fresh.